This is Efficiency On Demand. On Demand. High performance. Human optimization. Human optimization. People think hectic. Craziness. No time. No fun. Just work, work, work. 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 Perform. Perform. Harder. Harder. Push. Push. Machines. High pressure. No time. It's time to slow down to speed up. You owe more to yourself. This is Efficiency On Demand with Monique. Monique is a high-performance and human optimization specialist. During the show, Monique and her guest will talk about all things time management, impactful leadership, mindset mastery, and energy efficiency. It's time to take control of your time and live life limitless. This is Efficiency On Demand, and this is your host, Monique. Welcome back, everyone, to Efficiency On Demand. I have my first, I think it's the first, is it the first? I think it's the first, uh, woman on the show, and I'm super excited because it's my favorite woman that I could have had as the first woman on the show. And um, it's, <laughs> oh my God, it's so funny. It's actually whom I call my Jewish Beyonce. And um, how we got to know each other is probably, <laughs> it's uh, probably through a chip threat on a post of a mutual friend and we would throw Beyonce gifts at each other for I don't know how long but I love it <laughs> and at one time I definitely have to go and visit her and we need to throw our Beyonce's at each other so <laughs> I think that's, that's the best uh, that's like probably the best intro I've ever had I think the Jewish Beyonce um, I, and I, well, your hair definitely is gonna make it, and I bet your yeah. moves are gonna make it too. So let me introduce to you, Epi Walla, everyone. Thank you so much for coming on the show. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Very happy to be here. Anything for you? <laughs> so yeah, uh, explain to me why we throw Beyonce gifts at each other all the time. Uh, I don't remember how it started, <laughs> but I. I am a big fan of gifts. They're like one of my favorite ways to communicate on social media. Same. And I feel like it's like a create a creative exercise for me to find like the best one. <laughs> right. Um, and I do love the Beyonce ones. There's like the Beyonce one where she's like dressed like a queen and is just like walking like that yeah. one. And yeah, I mean, you can't see us right now, but we're, we're acting out. Beyonce gifts. And then there's the one from the music video where she's wearing the yellow dress and she just like blew up Fire! the car behind her. Yeah. yeah. My favorite. So one. I feel like those are just like really appropriate. Like when, when, when women are crushing it, I yeah. like to, I usually like to drop a Beyonce gift. Oh my God. Yes. I love it so much. And I think like, um, I think we had a whole conversation once with Beyonce gifts, didn't we? <laughs> Probably. I'm sure we have. We seem to never run out of them. Oh, that's true. And I love that. Thank you, Beyonce, for giving us all of Thank the you, great Beyonce. gifts. <laughs> all right. So um, now everyone knows you're the Jewish Beyonce, but um, let everyone else know what else you're doing when you're not whipping your hair back and forth. <laughs> so I am an actor and a writer living in Los Angeles, California. I have been here for um, over a decade now, actually, and I've worked in television and film. I've been on a bunch of different TV shows, and I am also an entrepreneur. So I have a business called Crushing It on Camera, where I teach entrepreneurs how to be awesome on camera, and I also my intro into the digital marketing world was building my digital marketing agency, which I've scaled down at this point, but I still have it. So I have a lot of different businesses that I do, which is how also how you and I met because you yeah. had to help me figure out how do I put all of that into my schedule. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love that. So, okay, where should we start? So looking at... Um, at the different businesses and also because you're a businesswoman like in LA, right? So being an actor, actress, um, or 
both actress, actor, and uh, mm-hmm. writer, author. So tell me how you can actually, I mean, after or before we worked together also, but how did you figure out, okay, I'm going to split my time between like being an actress and an author, but I'm going to also build my own business because I don't think that many people know, but being an actress doesn't actually make you money just from the get-go, just because you you're named an actress, right. right? Yeah. And I mean, there's a, so kind of how it works is like, you know, when I'm on a show, I'm making money. And then there's time, you know, in between shows where sometimes I have residual checks come in, or if I'm doing a commercial or things like that, like I will have money coming in, but there's a lot of times gaps in between projects. And then if you're writing, you know, you might work on a script for six months to a year and you don't make money until you've sold it at the end of it, unless you're, you know, people who are paid ahead of time, which is like not till you get to certain levels. So it's like, even if your career is going really well, there is typically a need to have some other income involved. And I really didn't want to continue working in hourly type jobs where I was like exchanging, you know, hours for money and you get capped out on how much you can really make. Entrepreneurial, I've always loved business and all of that. So it just, uh, as I got into this online world, it was uh, it was really eye opening for me, and it gave me like an amazing opportunity to start my business. And I really love now that I've zeroed in on what I do with like the my my crushing that camera business. I'm really passionate about it because I'm able to take what I love in terms of you know storytelling, being on camera, all of that stuff, and help entrepreneurs be better at it. And it's, it's really exciting for me. Like I love the coaching aspect of it. And then also it allows me to write my projects and all that stuff without, you know, worrying about how I'm going to pay my rent or things like that. Right. So going back to when you started your first online business, how did you figure out, because I know, and we talked about it obviously when we were working together there are always times when literally you planned out your week or you plan out what to do. And then suddenly you get a call for a casting and then Mm -hmm. everything is different. So yeah. How did you work with that? That happened happened last week. That happened again today. Um, It's, it's super challenging because so we get auditions like you get maybe, maybe 24 hour notice, but like last week I got an audition on Thursday night, it came in at like six o'clock at the end of the day for 11 o'clock the next morning. It was for a huge TV show. It was like a big scene, like very emotional. So like I had to like really, I had to spend time like working on it. So I didn't suck when I went in. And then I had already had like meetings scheduled for the next day. And so, you know, I've just had to have clear expectations of people and just like allow there to be flexibility in my schedule. I know when when you and I started working together like what we figured out was like it was important not to actually block out every hour of the day because then it would be like too hard to like move things around like we actually had to pad in some kind of like something might come up time <laughs> so that there's like room to be able to move things into other time blocks. So, you know, it's 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 challenging when it comes up because I just have to totally shift gears and then commit Mm -hmm. to what's right in front of me, which is, you know, working on that audition for the next day or whatever it is. And just having, trying not to be like catastrophized, like when is everything else going to fit in and and just kind of, you know, roll with it and look and be like, what are the priorities here? What might not happen today because there's just not enough hours anymore. And push that off to other days. And I think that's probably one of the hardest parts for me is really looking at the priorities and say, what is too much? And like, Mm -hmm. what's not realistic here? Because I think I used to be of the mindset of like, I'll just keep working till it's done. And that can lead you down fun path to burnout. So, you know, just really focusing on like really being hard on what the priorities are and then just being okay with the fact that there's days that not everything is going to get done and that's okay. And that's just part of running a business. Right. So I think this is a super, super important fact that we have been working on as well to see like, which is like, what is really the priority for the day and being okay that the rest is not going to get done. Right. And to make sure that these type of things 
are things that you either can delegate or shift around for yourself. And Mm -hmm. I think it's really important when you said like, you know, you will be able to probably just hustle and work your way through, but there will be a time that it's not crashing on camera, but it's crashing down on you. And it's just going to be like, whether it's burnout or it's any type of illness or whether it's like, maybe it's even life that's just turning around and just come right at you, right? So it I think many people don't understand that it doesn't have to be always burnout, but then uh, simply because we can't take care of everything full on, that it can just turn around and crash down on us, however it looks. And so, yeah, I know that, and because we were working together, right? So I know that both of us, we went through like quite some health issues and um, Mm -hmm. we definitely, especially like last year, we had to make both work, like the health issues and Mm -hmm. chuckling all of these priorities. So do you want to talk a little bit about like, what did we figure out should we be doing in, in the case of like, it wasn't burnout fast, but it was more of the health issues. And how were we able mm-hmm. to kind of like integrate them as well? Yeah, health stuff is crazy because sometimes it happens and you can see it coming and you sh- should take care of it and you don't. And then it, you know, accumulates. And then sometimes it just like snap your fingers and it's there and you were not expecting it. And so this, so I've had times where like, I've seen myself going towards burnout and I've kept going and I've like tried to learn from that. But this time the health stuff that you're talking about, it just kind of came out of nowhere for for me. And, you know, within a matter of days, like my life was flipped upside down and that's scary. I mean, I'm like a very high functioning, ambitious, recovering perfectionist kind of person. And to suddenly be in a position where you're operating at 20% is really hard. There are a lot of different pieces to it. You know, one of which is delegating. Yeah. Like having a team and having, I really had to buckle down on like, what are the most important pieces of my business to keep my clients? Cause at the time it was like mostly my digital marketing agency. So it's like, how do I keep my clients? What, what are the most important actions to keep my clients happy and staying with me? Because also I can't afford to just like overnight lose my entire business. So being like, okay, what are the things that make them, you know, most want to stay with me and are the least amount of effort for me. And then kind of trying to take everything else, like what do I have to do? And then everything else like off of my plate as much as possible. And, you know, there's days where it's like, I could only work an hour a day or things like that. But I was focused on like the the tasks that were going to move the needle the most. And, you know, just really, I mean, this is where like, uh, like, you know, customer support and customer like communication are so important because I realized like more than even just like the results, it was like, they were wanting to feel heard and they were wanting to feel like I was paying attention. And so it was like, how could I like, manage expectations with them and just ask for more time when I needed it or things like that. So they didn't feel like I was just ghosting them. But I also didn't tell them about the health stuff that was going on because I didn't want them to get like worried about it. And I mean, a lot of it too, is I think self work and like that we catastrophize, like if we don't get it, like things seem so important in the moment, but like, they're not always. (laughs) And so just trying to like, be easier on myself and expectations of myself. And also saying like, if I lose some clients, I built up my business once, you know, already I can do it again if I need to. And just trying to like reassure myself that whatever was going to happen that I could overcome it, Hmm. you know, but like having to take the the expectations off of myself, because like, it was just, there was no way that the same amount of stuff that I was used to doing in a day was going to be possible. I was like having yeah. to nap every day. It was like, I had a million doctor's appointments and tests and like all this stuff. And it was just like, it was not going to be possible to do what I did before. Right. Yeah. And I think like a lot of people 
may not be able to understand if they haven't been in this situation, but many will be able to uh, resonate if they have any health issues or even if they feel they're burned out. And I think the most important thing is here really that they that they take the time to slow down and mm-hmm. that they're that they're literally I think and I'm you mentioned that a few times, but this focus is so 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 important, right? Because if we cannot focus on this one thing that's gonna move the needle forward the most we're just going to lose track of everything. So if you're going to do bits mm-hmm. and pieces, one here, one there, one everywhere, it's not going to bring us to the goal. But if you can move the needle one bit more every single day and focus on that beat, on, the, on that piece, then I think um, we can really work ourselves out of it without um, destroying ourselves. And yeah, so when you were... And hiring, I... I- I did hire someone during that time too. actually, like, I'm just remembering because it was like, I calculated that it was going to like be less expensive to hire someone and have my profit margins cut down than it was going to be to like lose the clients completely. So like running some of my ad campaigns and things like that, I like brought someone on to take some of that stuff out once it became like evident that I was not going to be able to do some like pretty crucial tasks. So that would be the other thing is like hiring and delegating. Yeah, 100%. And I think like, um, as you said, like, right, if you're able to calculate your actual cost of how much would you be losing if you don't hire and delegate, right? How much would you be losing if you're, if you just keep going like you do, uh, whether it's alone or with the team that you have right now? And maybe you even just hire or outsource projects you don't maybe have to hire full-time, right? So mm-hmm. sometimes it's really helpful to just look at simple projects and be like, okay, so this and this project, it takes a lot of time, but actually I can just outsource it because the processes are mm-hmm. quite easy to just outsource. Yeah. So, Absolutely. And I, yeah. And I think... Um, also like the biggest thing was like just write everything down because I was like I couldn't remember any like it's like with when so much is happening in your life or like with your Mm -hmm. health it's like you also have to be like I'm just not remembering like anything I have to do or like you're just you're not as sharp which is like so disarming if you're used to being somebody who's like so on top of things so it's just like writing everything down I remember we were kind of like, I think when I uh, started to have my health issues that were last year in February, beginning of February, and it literally hit me out of the blue as well. Not that I didn't have these issues before, but they came out of the blue and they literally just um, knocked me down. They, they mm-hmm. you know, knocked me out of my socks basically. And I remember that I thought like, okay, it's it's just not about but I didn't have one like for, I think, 10 years almost. Like it was crazy. Wow. And I thought, okay, this is just going to take me like two, three weeks and I'll be fine. And I know what to do with it. But then it, it wouldn't stop. And I got weaker and weaker. And literally after, like by the end of May here, when I was in Thailand and I kept like traveling along because I all, like mm. I literally had to move also visa wise. I just couldn't stay in different countries for any longer. So I had to move and it just took every single bit out of me. And then when I broke down here with malnutrition in Thailand and I had to go to hospital, I was looking and I was like, man, like I can't even, I literally wasn't able to lift my hat off my bed myself. I was, I was laying in bed and I couldn't move. I was like, I'm trying, but there's no way I can even lift my finger up. Nothing. It was, it was that crazy. And, mm-hmm. um, I was very, um, grateful that working with my clients doesn't need, uh, for me anything, but, basically sitting with them and consulting them and then writing out their um, action plan for the week and the preparation. But it would like in that time, I shift the calls around and everything around how I would feel. So, Mm -hmm. and I was very, very grateful that I was able to do that with them. Um, Yeah. But I know it's not possible for everyone. So 
how do we, how would you say, would you navigate through it? Because you said like you wouldn't tell your clients about how you felt, right? And you wouldn't let them know about your situation. I, I mean, a, a couple clients I did who I had like a lot more of like a rapport with and others mm -hmm. I didn't. Mm -hmm. I would say probably a more relatable example is like once I started getting better, it was like I was still not able to work at full capacity. And so like a lot of people might not be like blindsided by sickness that takes you, you know, completely off of mm. like your axis. But, you know, other people have like varying degrees of things that are happening or just like life stuff. If you're going through a breakup or there's family stuff going on or whatever, like all that stuff affects you and it affects how efficient you're able to be and how much you're able to work. And so how that I do is trying to be really clear about expectations of what I can get done in a day so that I don't feel like a failure at the end of the day. Because one thing that was like a pattern of mine was like my expectations were just way too high of what was even possible in a day. And then at the end of every day, I would feel like I failed because I set myself up for failure by like putting way too much on my plate. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing is like, I know that there's going to be some days that are harder. They're like a little bit more of a marathon. If I have an audition and I have client stuff and I have this and I have that, you know, there's going to be some days. So what I've started doing is like, if I see on my schedule that, you know, Tuesday is one of those days, I'm going to like pad some extra time on Wednesday morning to like give myself space to even just move a little more slowly <laughs> to yeah. try to like rec recuperate or read in the morning or something like that. Like, and just trying to like build in, like, if there's going to be days that have to be a bit of a sprint, what am I going to do to make up for that? Because if I have too many of those in a row, then I'm going to get really sick and then I'm not going to be useful to anyone for a week. And that sucks. So right. just trying to like be more aware of that stuff and, and build that in, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm still learning that, but I'm trying to be so much more conscious of it before, because now like once you end up in the hospital and stuff, it's like, it's, you don't want to mess around with that stuff anymore. It's just like, I used to always play the game of like, how close to burnout can I get? And it's just not worth it. Right. Totally. <laughs> yeah. How, how close to burnout can you get? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, that was like my favorite game. I was like, right? how far can I go and then still survive? That's like the story of my twenties basically. Right. It's like, you know, everybody's like, slow down, slow down. And you're like, ah, I'll show you how far I like, how yeah. far I can push it. <laughs> um, you know? And then it's like, yeah, it's not worth it. Yeah. It's crazy. So um, let's look at the crashing on camera business because I think you even started it while you were battling all of this, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah, when I already had a business and another career, I was like, I'm starting a business. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and why not? At 30, and I'm at 30%. <laughs> so um, I know that uh, you've done a lot of amazing interviews and you obviously, uh, you filmed like your course. Am I correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how do you show up yourself on camera when you actually don't feel like, you know, 100% or not even 75? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really hard. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's hard. There one is like, if I know there's a day where I'm going to be like filming all day, like buffering in the, t the day before and the day after like some recuperation time, but just in general, like showing up on camera takes so much energy, especially in the way that I do it. Um, and trying for me, like the motivation that I need is like focusing on like the value that I'm going to give or the impact that I'm going to have, like trying to take the focus off of myself and how I'm feeling and on like the purpose of what I'm doing. And that helps motivate me more. Um, and I've also gotten a lot more comfortable in this health journey and just time and self-work and things like that in allowing myself to be more vulnerable and authentic and honest about stuff too. So I felt like once I was able to take the mask off a little bit, like it, it's scary to do to be more vulnerable, but it was like actually like less work to just be honest about how I was feeling sometimes. And 
you know, acknowledging certain things, but then, you know, still having the energy and focusing on the value and all that stuff, but not hiding that, you know, like when I was going through a relationship ending and, and I acknowledged that on some of my videos and some of my like social media content, because it was like, I was just not in a position to be able to like pretend that I was fine. And I was like, still going to show up and give value and stuff like that. But it was like, I also, there's this big thing going on in my life and it, um, the mask was just too heavy. you know. So that's something that I'm just like working through too. And, and, and I think what it does is it's scary, but it brings the people, like, if you're thinking about your, who your audience is for your business or whatever, it's like, it kind of filtered the aren't going to be like your buyers anyway. And then the people who are, you know, compassionate and willing to like show up with you, like they're going to be like drawn to you and gravitate to you. So it's like a scary thing to be like authentic and vulnerable about a lot of things, but I've actually found that it's brought like more meaningful connection on social media than when I was just posting like highlights about life. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think it's like, it makes it so much more valuable for someone to actually watch the video and just like follow you along because we always often, well, we often only see the highlight reel from everyone else Mm -hmm. anyways. Right. So if we are able to feel bad, right. Like if you're only seeing people's wins and you know that in your life, it's not all wins, like you feel bad. You're like, am I the only one that's like, things are hard for is everybody else just crushing it and I'm the only one that like is having a hard time so it's like people feel bad when they see that all the time right yeah and I think it's like it's such a it's such a myth that um everyone out there has like such great lives just because like Mm -hmm. social media is like a concise version of what we want to show and I mean there are always people who show up like with highlight reels only and there are people like you and like me mostly as well who just talk about like you know what's behind the scenes as well and how things Mm -hmm. can go to trash as well in between (laughs) um so I know there is like this I think at least for me, like in uh, what I see out there, there's a big conversation about like, should you actually show up at all if you really don't feel like it? Because can mm-hmm. you actually bring value to people? Or so let's say um, I had like a really just stressful time in the past week and I literally did not feel like being out there. So I wasn't on social media whatsoever. Um, what is your take on like, should I just, like sit down and force myself and push myself through or should I just be like nah getting through it and then look back on what actually happened and show it after yeah I mean I don't like to be clear like I was not like showing up on video and just like sobbing about how no, hard no, things no. were I know I don't <laughs> like, know so if, if that's the position that you're in like no you should not because like things are that raw and painful like no, don't be like working out your stuff on social media. Like, I don't think that's what it's for. Um, but there are times where I was like, I had to show up and interview people in my group. And so I was like, I'm just going to really focus on them and, you know, and, and, um, be transparent to an extent and all that stuff in terms of what you asked. I don't know. I mean, I hate so much of social media. And so like, I guess my inclination would be to say like, if it doesn't feel healthy for where you're at in your life, you should take care of yourself first. Um, you know, and you shouldn't feel pushed to show up on social media if you just don't want to. I also don't know like how your business runs and if it's reliant on it, you know, depending on, you know, who's listening, maybe they have to, but I do think we have to put our self care first. And sometimes that means we need to have the internet off and our phones away and we just need time for ourselves to heal. And so I think that we should like allow ourselves that and, you know, find other ways to make your business or whatever it is work. Um, Or if your business doesn't rely on social media and you're just showing up on social media because you're addicted to it, then like (laughs) definitely take a break from it if you need it. You know, I've definitely posted less and I know I've made less videos, but I've also like because I teach video, I still have to show up 
on camera. Sometimes I know I've done less so when I'm really not feeling up to it, but, um, you know, I still have to do it to an extent. Yeah. I totally agree. Like, um, I, I read a lot of, you know, there are like these 100 day video challenges out there or something like this, just to like train consistency, which I really love. Mm -hmm. But then I think like, you know, there's always going to be a time in your life where there's, um, there can be things that throws you off consistency too. And especially like, for example, health, or it could be something in the family. So, and then it's again, just a thing like, what do you want to prioritize? So if I imagine, for example, I'm in the hospital, I don't want to be for the sake of consistency, taking live videos for me in the hospital or something like this, you know what no. I mean? And I definitely, uh, did not, I definitely did not. No, it's like right? put on your own oxygen mask before helping <laughs> others. Like when yeah. that stuff's going on, like, forget about social media and right? just take care of yourself. And I and sometimes I feel like this this um this whole pep talk of like only consistency is bringing you to like yeah, you're totally right, you know, you got to be consistent, but you also need to you need to also see what is going to help you. And as you said, like, I think self-care and boundaries, I think boundaries, I'm just, it's so funny. I bought a course on boundaries because I figured out I seem to not have any, um, or what I don't know, <laughs> or what I thought, like I, what I thought were boundaries were actually just like, not really good boundaries as in like, you know, to like, the way I communicated them, whatever. So I bought a course on boundaries because I really wanted to know like, okay, what is it? How do you communicate it? And wow. it's so interesting because like I'm sitting here and you have to really unknot it all and like going through basically where does it come from? What did your family do? And the, there was a question like, how does your family set boundaries? And it, I sat there an hour. I'm like, nope, no, 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 they don't, they don't set Boundaries. Wow. And like, That's it's, yeah, it's crazy. Right. And so this is the same for me. And, um, and basically understanding that, uh, I, I set boundaries too late. Basically the, the time that my energy is empty, mm. everyone sucked it out of me and I just like throw it out there and I wasn't able to keep it. That's when I set boundaries. And then I'm really like, harsh about it you right? resent them yeah or and then you build resentment towards yes people yes because, yeah yeah so mm -hmm. much and and so I worked through this course or like I'm still on it but um obviously in the implementation phases and I'm like this is crazy so and I was in the 100 day video challenge and I recognized that I literally just felt on some days really frustrated about that. I had to do this shitty video because mm. I just was so, I was like, I don't know what to talk about. I don't want to share just anything. I don't, I want to, if I'm showing up, I really want to give value. I just want to, yeah, I'm, I'm one of these people who I'm like, I rather don't say anything if I don't have anything to say. For sure. And I think, um, wow, there's a lot to unpack there. One thing is like, if you don't show up on social media for a day or a week and your business fails, you don't have a business, you know, like your business should not be contingent on you being able to post on social media, like every single day. So I think that would be like one thing. And then two, because, you know, video is what I'm passionate about. I get so sick of people making videos just because they're told they have to make one every day and they have nothing of value to say. And they're just like rambling all over the place and there's no takeaway and there's no value or like any of that stuff. So like, I would say like quality over quantity for that stuff. Like I would rather somebody, you know, not show up for a few days and then come back with something like really stellar to share. So you know, and I think if there's times, I also try to pack in, like, if there's times where I know I'm going to have to be like, I'll pack in days where I know I don't have to be on camera at all. And then I like, don't have to do my hair. I don't have to like, you know, like certain things where I just know it can be an implementation day and I don't have to be on camera and showing up for other people. So like if, so if you are going to have to be on social media a lot, you know, definitely like build in days where you like take breaks from it. I'm trying to get better at taking like complete space from it, not even like looking, that's still a challenge for me. Yeah. But, you know, I think it's really important to do. 
Yeah, 100%. So tell me about your program, uh, Crushing on Camera. What is like the essence of where entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs and business owners usually go wrong besides just mm -hmm. being on camera to, because they're told being on camera? Yeah, I mean, there's like a couple of different things. Like there's definitely the camp of people where, um, well, first of all, I'll say this. Because everybody has a smartphone pretty much at this point, there's sort of this like expectation in this influencer world that everyone should just be good on camera already because you have a camera in your pocket. And that's just not the case. Like I've spent decades and you now thousands of dollars training after to be awesome on camera. So first of all, I just think people need to like take that pressure off of themselves. It's a technique and it's a skill set, just like anything else, just like learning Facebook ads or just like whatever you do. So I think sometimes there's just this misconception that, that you should be good already. And if you're not, then you're a loser or whatever. So just like taking that pressure off. Um, and then, you know, there's people that come to us and they say, you know, uh, yeah, I tried to make a two minute video, but it took me two hours and 20 takes. And then it sucked at the end and I had to edit it. And, you know, like I'm never doing this again. It's such a waste of time. So one of the biggest things is like, um, you know, people just don't prepare that they want it to come across like they're doing it on the fly and it's like natural and conversational, but then they like legit don't even do any preparation where it's like, if you're effectively preparing, which doesn't need to take a lot of time, like we have like a four step process that we take everyone through that you could do once you get really good, like in minutes, that's where you make sure that you're showing up as your best self, that you're engaging, that you're delivering value. You're not rambling all over the place. Um, and you can knock out every video in three takes or less as our thing. Or if you're doing a Facebook live, you get one take. So you need to be able to do it in once. Um, so I'd say that's one of the biggest things. And then, yeah, I mean, people, people ramble a lot. They say like, Hey, I'm going to hop on and do this quick five minute video. And you can already see that the video is 20 minutes long. So you're like, well, great. Like, so they only have five minutes of value, but they're going to talk for 20 minutes anyway. Uh, that's something that happens a lot. <laughs> Is that <laughs> you know that you see that on your newsfeed? I know you do. <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> oh, yeah, it happens all the time. Um, that's like one of my biggest pet peeves uh, because then it's, you're just wasting people's time. You've admitted that you only have five minutes of content, and we can see your video is 20 minutes long, and it's because you didn't prepare. And so it's like, why are you wasting people's time like that? And they're not going to come back and keep watching your videos if you do that to them every time. Right. So that's another thing. And then, you know, just the power of storytelling, like we're talking about all the health stuff. It's, you know, a lot of people are coaches, but they don't actually like share any of the challenges or things that they've overcome in their life. And it's like, my philosophy is like, if you're a coach and I'm paying you to help me troubleshoot things and you've never gone through any challenges or any struggles, like how am I supposed to know that you can help me go through my challenges and my struggles? And so one of the biggest things is that relatability in storytelling in sharing, you know, different parts of your journey. It's one of the biggest ways to build that no like and trust factor with potential clients and, you know, get people really invested in following your journey. And I think, I mean, that's a big thing you and I connected on because you were transparent about a lot of your health stuff. And I was like, well, awesome. Like who better to help me overcome health challenges and while running multiple businesses than somebody who's done it. You know, so it's like a lot of times, like I was saying, like, we only want to share the highlights, but it's actually the challenges that make people want to work with us. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think like a lot of people, uh, unfortunately, are so, they're so afraid to share their challenges with everyone just because they think mm -hmm. they're not perfect anymore. They're not good enough anymore. And I think like, well, if it wasn't for the challenges, you wouldn't be here right? Mm -hmm. Like the pain is what brings you to your power. And mm -hmm. um, if it wasn't for you going through this pain and having to conquer it and, and work through it and everything, then you wouldn't be who you are today. And exactly. it's not to, to be like holding on to it or like making these stories like a recurring thing, but it's to honor what you've been able to, to get through, right? 
And yeah, I think, sure. um, and, yeah, I had a and lot. Also, there's like, there's a, oh, I was just gonna say, there's a big thing with that is like, whenever I'm talking about vulnerability, it's like important that I'm talking about like authentic vulnerability and not like manufactured vulnerability. Because right. there is also a trend with entrepreneurs where it's like somebody's telling you a sob story, like just to make you buy something from them. And it mm. makes people feel so uncomfortable and it's so right. gross feeling. So yeah. like, that's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's really interesting because I never, <laughs> I never felt like I should use what I've gone through to sell anything. So I never mm. like, I had like business coaching, uh, business coaches, uh, tell me like, a, a year or two ago, like, yeah, you should use this story and this story to sell more. And I look at them and I'm like, no, this is like really personal. This is like, like, why mm. would I do that? You know? And you, I think it's like what you're talking about is like these sub stories and whatever. And then it would look like I as if I would make these stories up or whatever. So I'm, mm. I would never, it would never occur to me to use them to just sell more because it's like something really personal that I went through. But there's a way to be, like I was saying, like vulnerable without overexposing. Like there's definitely things I don't share on social media, but there are versions of the story that you can tell that are, it's really important to frame it in a way that's going to help people. You're not right. telling the story because you didn't go to therapy and you need a place to work it out. You're telling the story <laughs> because you've gone through it, you've healed from it, and you are now able to serve other people and help other people because you've gone through it, because you're stronger for having gone through it, because you learn from going through it and you're going to be able to help make their path through it shorter because you have the wisdom and experience to overcome it. Right. So it's really about like how you're using your stories to help people versus like how you're using your stories to sell people. But like in helping people you are selling because it's a business, but it's like, it, it's really like the intention shift because that's when you don't feel uncomfortable. Like if you were talking about how you were able to come, overcome health challenges and still run a successful business um, or how going through health challenges taught you how to be efficient and that you actually only needed to work a certain number of hours a day, that's not like manipulating me with your story. That's like sharing your story and what you learned from it and how it's made you better and how you can help me be better with my business right so unless my call to action different. is then to to try my program to be unhealthy and just work three hours a day <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's a, you gotta use everything <laughs> responsibly and one of the other trends that i see too is everybody a lot of people are trying to copy other marketers or like other entrepreneurs so you see a lot of people just like emulating other people versus like showing up as themselves like there's mm. the whole like you know, um, like shirtless entrepreneur with a cool car or like, you know, I don't know, jumping off a cliff in Bali or like whatever it is, there's a lot of these like, and if that's who you are, great. But like 90% of people who are posting that stuff, that's like not who they are. And just know that that doesn't resonate with people, like really being your authentic self and trusting that like, you're good enough, you know, like who you are is appealing enough. And people are going to relate to that and want to work with you. And the people who don't relate to that are not going to be your customers anyway. So don't worry about that. Yeah, 100%. I think you just said something so, so important because this like you're good enough as you are is something that goes and fades away really, really fast in the online world. Just mm -hmm. because like this... The, like this comparison between everyone else and like, I have to do this to be as good as that person or whatever. It's just gotten so, so much and also so annoying, to be honest. Like I try not to compare myself with anyone else out there, which is why I also don't follow any any other uh, coaches in my, in my own industry. I go and mm. research... If I need to know, like, you know, I research competitors for market research, whatever, but I don't follow them forever just so because like it would, it would start this whole comparison kind of feeling, if you know yeah. what I mean. And, and so much of like what people are hyping about is like not true too. Yeah. Like I know people who are like hype, like showing screenshots of like their Stripe account and I oh. know that their business is burning <laughs> down. Like I, yeah. it's like. 
that's like so hard to do. It's like, you just can't really like believe a lot of that stuff. And so you spend time like comparing yourself to other people that you feel like are, you know, doing so much better than you, but you actually don't know what their lives look like, or maybe they're doing great, but they're like working 18 hours a day and have no relationships and no friends and no, you know, it's like, do you want that life? It's like, there's just, it's so easy to compare. Right. And we don't actually know. And it's so, it's so interesting when you mentioned this Bali type of guy, um, I just (laughs) had to laugh so hard because I literally, so I was full-time traveling for over five and a half years. Right. And Mm -hmm. every time someone met me and they said like, Oh my God, I love that. That's my dream. And I would look in their eyes, uh, with at that cold stare. And I would say, no, it's not. Like you, I promise you that's, that is not the life that you want to live. You don't want to be traveling forever. You mm. don't want, like, I promise you, this is a lifestyle that's only like for 1% out there. And I'm not saying this because I feel better than you, but I know because it's like, it's like shit hard at times. It's yeah. sometimes alone. If you're not prepared to be alone, if you don't like to be alone, mm. don't go out there. It's it's the most challenging thing that I've ever done in my life to literally leave everything behind and go. And like when I started, I didn't have a business. I did, I had like a few thousand dollars in my bank account and it just left. And I didn't even know what I'm going to do, what I wanted to do, who I am, what I was like, whatever. And I had to figure out everything along the way. And this was probably one of the most stupid things I was doing too. <laughs> Looking back now right, in hindsight, <laughs> right? But, uh, oh, okay, let's, let's call it courage. <laughs> but um, I think that this naivete definitely helped me to just, to just do things without uh, second questioning myself on this part, mm-hmm. you know? So it helped me yeah. definitely to overlook all of this things that were out there and be like, nah, I can do it. Don't worry. It Um, is funny. Like a lot of people would be like about running a business and stuff too. be like, Oh, like you're like, that seems so awesome. Everything you're doing. Like, wow. You're really like living the life or like, or like looking at my relationship be like goals. And it's like, you know, (laughs) the work that's going into this, like if you knew what this looked like behind, like you would not want it. Like people for the most part don't want like, they would go to nine to five. Yeah. 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 Not for everybody. Oh my God. It's, it's awesome. I love it. I could talk for hours with you, but we unfortunately have (laughs) to wrap it up a little bit. So um, there are two more questions that I usually ask. So the first question is what does efficiency mean to you? Oh, wow. Was not prepared for that one. (laughs) Um, (laughs) hmm. I want to chew on that more, but I would say like, when I look at it, like what's the best, (laughs) what's like, I don't know, like what's the smartest way to get to where you need to go kind of, or like what's the, you know, instead of just like a lot of times I go to like, what's the place I can like work the hardest or push the hardest, but it's like really trying to focus on like, what's the smartest way to get from A to B of whatever it is. Maybe that's what efficiency means. I don't know. I'll chew on it more. But that could be an option. (laughs) It's awesome. It's awesome. And then uh, the last question is, um, what are your top three things that you would say have gotten you from where you started to where you're at now that you wouldn't want to miss for the the ongoing journey? Mm. I think one of the biggest things is just the belief that I could and continuing that positive self talk like when the gremlins come up and are like saying negative things just like really trusting that you can I think that's been a really big thing for me that you know it's like I'm in this like crazy world of like acting and writing and Hollywood and I've been on like all these big shows it's like but I've always believed that I could and so just believing that it's possible I think hiring coaches and mentors has always been huge for me in every area of my life, personal life, in my acting career. I have a writing coach. I've worked with you. I've worked with other people and just, you know, like investing in yourself and and in people who are experts at things versus like trying to figure out everything on your own. Um, And those have also led to some of my most like 
fruitful relationships and stuff too with like mentors and coaches. It's been really awesome. So I think that's a huge thing for me. And then number three, I don't know, uh, not being afraid to put the work in, you know, it's not an easy path and, you know, and we're always trying to find ways to be more efficient about it, but it is still a lot of work. And, you know, I think that that that's, yeah, something I've always been willing to like put the work in and yeah, take care of yourself, I guess, since we've been talking about health and self-care and all that stuff too. It's like, don't forget to take care of yourself in the hard work. Yeah. I love that so much. Thank you, Abby. Thank you for having the time. Please let everyone know um, where they can find you, where they can find Crushing on Camera so they can go and get it. Absolutely. So you can find me on Facebook, Abby Walla. Um, shoot me a message if you found me from this podcast so I know to accept you and on Instagram as well. Um, and then if you're interested in leveling up your video content and all of that, would love to support you on that. So that is crushingitoncamera.com. And then we also have a Facebook group. That's a free group called Confidence on Camera for Entrepreneurs. So those would be the places to find me. Amazing. And as you know, guys, <laughs> you'll find all of these links in the show notes down below. So go check them out. Follow Abby. It's worth it. Go and get and check the Facebook group out. Um, I love everything that she does. And you might as well go and get a Beyonce gift. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Send me a Beyonce gift in the DMs. When yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Abby, thank you so much. I love you so much. It's amazing to have you. Thank you so much for having me. In your world. Um, yeah. Thank you so much. And guys. This has been so fun. <laughs> thank you you know how it works just subscribe um so you can get all of the goodies and the gifts and um if you haven't followed me yet you should do that um at <laughs> secret weapon to efficiency on instagram and you might get a gift from me too who knows there you go <laughs> you've been listening to efficiency on demand on demand we hope you've learned about your ultimate potential, how to control your time, how to create some clarity in your crazy life, and how to live life limitless. Limitless. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to the podcast and please follow on Instagram at Secret Weapon to Efficiency. We'll see you next time on Efficiency on Demand with Monique. Remember, slow down to speed up.